Marketing, entrepreneurship, and all things small business. You're listening to the Profit 911 Podcast. Now, here's your host, Justin Miller. Episode 20. We're going to switch it up for two episodes, and we're going to talk more about the people aspect of business. So in general, like I'm not the person to teach people, but there are a couple things within there that I'm really good at. Um, first one, so this episode, we're going to talk about how to implement faster, seven times faster at that. I'll give you seven strategies. It's an abbreviated uh, version of a webinar I gave. If you want the full length one, um, just shoot me an email or something. I'll get it to you. But people are really the accelerating factor once you have automation in play. Uh, so this episode, we'll talk about strategies around people. Next one, we're going to talk about hiring processes because I have pretty slick process for most positions that almost always yields a great candidate, but definitely with a lot more predictability than not. So implementing seven times faster, we have seven different strategies I'm going to give you, which means we're going to go a little fast on this one. <laughs> Get your pen and paper. Um well, we're going to give you some options. So this is assuming that you've learned marketing strategies, techniques, and you're ready to implement. So where the rubber meets the road is actually getting stuff done. GSD, get shit mm-hmm. done. Uh, Al Libby, our project manager here, actually uh, self-declared himself a while back the uh, GSD champion, reigning GSD champion. Uh, so if you look on his desk right now, I have further stroked his ego and I gave him a trophy that says the same. So I did see that. Yep. Yep. He's, he's very proud of that. Uh, but that is his job as project managers to make sure stuff gets done. All right. So your very first option, your accelerator number one is to, you can hire an intern. So a lot of people consider marketing interns and an internship when they're doing this. And I'm just going to really quick, I'm going to run down the seven. I'm going to give you the good, the bad of all these techniques. Uh, none of them are right or wrong per se. That's going to depend on you, but I'll forewarn you of some of the bad things with each, and then you'll be able to find the best fit for you. So hiring an intern, the, the, a few great things about interns is number one, you have constant access to them. In most cases, they're either in your physical office, uh, or in this day and age, maybe they're remote, but they're working for you during set hours. You know when you can reach them. Uh, You can get things done quickly, you can pivot, you can change your mind, and they can keep up with all that. They're also moldable. So when you hire an intern, please don't think you're getting ready to go skill set. That's not what they're teaching in college marketing. Mm -mm. Not for small business anyway. Mm -mm. Uh, So make sure if you hire an intern that you are the type that is willing to teach, coddle, mold, and help. Uh, the point of an internship is not for you to get cheap labor. It's for them to learn. So you have to balance that act between the two of those. But the other good thing is they are cheap. I mean, they're, they're hourly pay, and overall that hourly rate is usually pretty inexpensive. Uh, in, in exchange, they're getting experience in the field. If it's a real internship, they may actually get college credit as well. I'm going to let you try and guess some of the downfalls of internship, Kevin. Well, reliability might be one, potentially. Yeah, maybe. But lack of skill set at all <laughs> could be a problem. Yeah, they do need constant guidance. Constant attention and guidance. And this, then that's from personal experience. I just, I mean, they seem to, they know a little, and, but, and they want to know a lot, but they have to be handheld a lot of times throughout all of it. Yeah, in general, they do as told. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I'll give you that. So if, if you are... Expecting someone to come in and bring their own unique ideas, mm-hmm. 
that are valuable and correct unique ideas. And in turn, it's probably not uh, the best way to go. Also, when you get down to brass tacks, the output may be expensive. So while you're paying a cheap hourly wage, at the end of the day, how much time was consumed by them and you guiding them, um, your output may be more than another option. So that's kind of interns in a nutshell. They have a place and purpose. Accelerator number two, option number two, is to use gig-based workers. Usually you would find these people on like Upwork or Fiverr. You know, pay a certain amount of money for a certain task. Good thing here, they're usually experts in one area. And they're skilled in that one area and they're very good. They have a feedback profile that's public. You can kind of weigh if they're good or not. Now, a lot of them play games with that feedback and there's ways for them to boost it. But in general, it's the best indicator we can have of whether or not they can do that particular task. Uh, typically, they're quick for task-based work. So you have uh, something you need done, send it over, it gets done. And also, you're drawing talent worldwide. Geography doesn't matter. They're not in your office. Um, we don't care if they're in Sri Lanka, Pakistan, Philippines, Mexico. Doesn't matter. Um, so that's the good. They're skilled. They're quick. Usually efficient. And we can do some background checking based on feedback. Here's the bad. They often fail to see the bigger picture and how their work plays into it because they're down in the trenches in one distinct area. So this can lead to problems when you go to integrate their work into the larger project you're working on. So you have to be prepared for that and be able to do, be able to fit that back in. Um, you also have to be able to explain to them exactly what you want. Um, some like to game the system, like I said, with feedback. They'll have ways of delivering partial to show on-time delivery and you know, it's just like the airlines push the plane back from the gate like one foot so they can show on-time departure. <laughs> um, they do exactly to spec. So we talked about interns, like, doing what you tell them. So in general, gig-based workers do exactly what you tell them, like, literally. So you need to learn how to speak very clear English, uh, not using any slang. Uh, yeah, just make sure the direction's clear. And, and this often, we, we have outsourcers around the world that we use as well. And often new staff will come in and be in charge of watching a project and assigning things out. And they will unknowingly ship something off with a direction that <laughs> I know is, is going to get screwed up. So they'll say like, you know, insert text here or something. Sure enough, your final work piece will say insert text here. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so you got to be aware of that. The other bad is you often need several people because you need different skill sets. So if we're looking at podcast, you know, say I wanted to outsource a podcast, Kevin, to people on Fiverr. Like what categories of skill sets would I need to pull that off? You'd need someone who could produce the audio on the back end. You'd need someone who in theory could understand how to you know, do the opens and closes or insert commercial things that you need. So you need people for production. Would those be different people? Uh, could be. I mean, if if they're the, if they're that specific, I would imagine they would be. Yeah. Yeah, and I can think of a handful of other ones too, but likely if you're working on a larger project, you're going to need different people. Um, like if you hire a video person, you might also need a graphics person mm-hmm. before you even get to the video one. You may need an audio editor if the video editor is not good at audio. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot that can go on, but gig based workers definitely serve a purpose, and we use them. 
We use them on client projects as well as our own uh, for certain areas that either they can supplement our staff um, and, and just get things through quicker, or maybe we have a very specific need and we're not going to need that uh, again. We've also vetted the people pretty good as well. Um, the other problem is they're not like loyal to you by any means. <laughs> so uh, I'll tell you one that we don't outsource to gig workers anymore. It's uh, unique graphic design because we had a logo made six years ago by someone reputable on one of these sites that now we just discovered the copyright infringement on. Hmm. Well, guess what? That's on us, not on yeah. anyone else at this point. Yeah. So you got to be a little careful. Um, logo looked great, by the way, too. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, pretty worthless at this point now. All right, so that's gig-based workers. Again, uh, two favorite sites for that are Upwork and Fiverr. Number three, hire time-based contractors. So this is another outsourcing technique. So two and three are both outsourcing. But this is someone that's more like a part of your team. And you pay, you know, to work 20, 30, 40 hours a week. They just happen to be remotely, possibly overseas. Uh, a couple of sources for this. Uh, one we use is onlinejobs.ph. And that's a site for job posting for the Philippines. Probably the biggest one there. And then another one's hiremymom.com, which is exactly what it sounds like. Uh, domestic. So... Time-based contractors, the good, they become part of your team. They really are. They just happen to be remote, uh, assuming you have enough hours for them. Uh, they're skilled in an area of expertise, but they also need trained. So this is kind of the middle ground. This is like you hiring someone into your office that maybe has a background in your industry, but now you need to teach them your way of doing things. So be prepared for that. They do have a feedback profile. It is kind of hit or miss whether it's accurate on these. A lot of people don't leave feedback. Is worldwide talent pool, of course, again. And they're good for ongoing, repetitive, low-skill manual process. So you know I love automation. So if a computer system can do it without a person, that's the way I'm doing it. But there are certain processes that require human beings, and some of them are very tedious, very boring, very repetitive. This is perfect to outsource. Now, here's the bad. They often fail to see the bigger picture, just like our gig-based people. These ones, you're going to have to train the bigger picture. They'll care more because they're tied into the company. Um but they're not going to think it on their own. They do exactly to spec again. We're, we're te- in overseas in general, uh, non-native English speakers. They're going to do what you tell them to, and you're going to have these back and forth, and you're going to have to learn how to deal with that. And then the third is uh, often there's cultural barriers and considerations. So Philippines in general is someone we've hired from multiple times. Um, they have different holidays, of course. You're going to have to figure out whether you want them to work U.S. hours or Philippine hours. And that decision probably should be based on whether it's necessary to work U.S. hours more so than your preference. Um, They have something called 13th month, which means every December you're going to pay them a bonus month's wage. And if you don't, I mean, that's just the culture, so they're probably going to go (laughs) bye-bye. They have all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, Also, you have to learn, you know, personalities and interaction and and how that works in the culture you're going to deal with. And if all that sounds like too much work, it's probably not for you. But it's worth it if you have a need for it. So that's that's our overseas options. All right. Uh, I'll give you one more and we'll take a quick break. Uh, Next one is an internal hire, and that's to hire a marketing manager. Marketing manager. 
good on that is they can manage a lot of projects at once. Uh, they can manage a lot of contractors at once. So they can be an intermediary between you and the overseas labor, if you wanted to use that. They can also isolate you as the owner from getting lost in the weeds. So in this company, there is no way that I can oversee everything going on in every project. And I would not want it as such either. <laughs> it started that way, obviously. Uh, but to grow, you can't be down in the weeds. Uh, project manager is good, or marketing manager is good at being in the middle of that. They can also do thought level solutions. So they're not like literal down in the weeds. They're, they're kind of uh, upper level now. This is thought work. The bad, non-revenue producing. They're an expense. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not doing the actual work. They're managing the work. They need support below them and above them. So even this person, we can't just put on their own. Man, I wish I could hire people and they just do their job. Nope. And they can be expensive relative to other hires. This is a higher skill set. Wage is going to be higher. Um, it's marketing manager. So we'll be back with number five through seven. We're going to switch gears from that to the process. So instead of people, we're going to talk about ways to improve the process to get more output. And now, now back to the Profit 911 podcast with your host, Justin Miller. We are back in talking about ways to get marketing done. It's the GSD episode. I would be proud. All right. Uh, we are into the final three. So accelerator number five is to automate where possible. My absolute favorite. <laughs> that is the, yeah, that is the number one in your book. Well, we only got, you know, a few notes on it for this one because we don't have 82 hours. But uh, bottom line things on automating where possible. Number one, we should only use people in our business where they provide unique value or advantage. Sounds kind of harsh. But is that another way of saying where they're necessary? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not just necessary, though, but they better, like, be worth their weight there. Be worth their pay. Yeah. Um, yeah, if a machine can do it, a machine can do it. If a template can make it quicker, a template can make it quicker. If uh, automation software can do it for you, automation software should do it for you. Um, also automating, <coughs> excuse me, there's one thing. <laughs> we, we, we ask you to consider artificial, artificial intelligence. That's, okay. That sounds kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are certain tasks that we have to, like, automate a human being into. Okay. So, at a point in our process, we have to go online and look up something that can't be done via software. We would automate a system to task someone when it's time to do that to go look it up. Mm. So that they're only doing that small work. They're not worried about everything around it. And that could probably be overseas. So, we call that artificial, artificial automation. My buddy Brian Durkin, I think, coined that one. Um, so it's still human beings sometimes, but process automated so that they're on a path. They're doing exactly to fit into the grand scheme. Um, consistent, predictable processes should be automated or outsourced. So again, I kind of put outsourcing in here if it's something that can be managed via a uh, process and not person. So the goal is for automation to feed the people and manage the flow. So feed the people what they're supposed to do, manage the flow to make sure it's getting done in a timely manner. And by all means, there should be a red alert that goes off if it's not getting done. So it's not quite automated, but we use project management software for all our larger marketing clients. And, you know, if a client doesn't hold up their end of the bargain and get us what we need, 
it's pretty obvious in the software. We just we just had an example of this recently. They client uh, the client's employee sat on their hands for about six weeks. Nothing got done. Uh, owner comes back and says, "Hey, why is nothing done?" Well, it didn't follow what it told them to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're not going to babysit your client for it. The software, but that's trackable then. Yeah, when uh, that client comes back and says, "Why you're able to have a legitimate response that explains that?" Yeah, I mean we. I don't know if it was turned on for this particular one, but we can have a daily reminder going out to the staff member to do what they're supposed to do and when the deadlines are missed. So, yeah, it creates a tracking and a history, which is just as important. So look at what can be automated. Automate it where possible. Uh, again, there's there's so much we could dig into on that, but we'll leave it. Accelerator number six, which is uh, accountability meetings. Doesn't really sound like an accelerator. Kevin, yeah, you, but you I, like meetings, Kevin? Yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> I mean, really, who doesn't like extra meetings? <laughs> and when I give this as a, as a live presentation, there's a slide on the screen that's uh, a guy sitting around a conference table and the boss is up front. He says, what if, and I know this sounds kooky, we communicated with the employees? <laughs> <laughs> and meetings are not bad by themselves. It's just good meetings are hard to come by. Yeah, so yeah, I, in general, I dislike meetings, but an accountability meeting is, is critical. So here's the deal. No one likes pointless meetings. But they're just saying, inspect what you expect. And we all learn this the hard way, like even when we know it. We, we let something go, we, we delegate it out, we never follow up on it, and it's not done. Um, so that's one problem. Another problem is work expands to fit time allotted. You know, that's true. That's a really good point. Yeah, if you want something done, give it to someone that's busy. Mm-hmm. It's a really good point. Moms are really good at getting stuff done. Because they're busy. Yeah. They got to get to the next thing. Yeah. And, you know, you could give more and they'd get it done. Um, yeah, so if you have two tasks for the day, guess what? It'll, it'll take staff two, a day to get the two tasks done. If you got 18 to get done, and let's say 18 is unreasonable, maybe 16 get done. You know? <laughs> yep. So this is a way of... Uh, them knowing that, you know, when we have our meeting, this is going to come up, so you're going to see that I wasn't working. Uh, or that, not that I wasn't working, but that it probably was good enough a long time ago, and now I'm being a perfectionist. It's like this drywall project going on right now outside the office. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't care if there's a little ridge on the wall. but All right. Uh, the other thing accountability meetings do is they, they help with shifting targets. So they either stop the target from shifting, or they at least make everyone aware of it. Now, Everyone in the world should be familiar with shifting targets uh, now because for the last 10 months, the government has given us shifting targets on when things will open back up. Uh, And they have their accountability meetings, press conferences. They just get to make the rules. But were this your company and you'd see the target shifting, you know, red alerts would be ringing. Are we putting too much resources into this? Mm -hmm. Um, Um, Is it because there's new data? That's good. If we got new data and we're shifting the target, wonderful. Or is it shifting because there's shiny objects and distractions? Yeah. Okay. Uh, this webinar is going good this week. I, I watched someone else and they taught me I should be doing X, Y, Z. Yeah. And now all of a sudden we're focused on X, Y, Z instead of what's actually paying the bills. This happens all the time with our clients. So how often do you have those accountability meetings on a Ooh, project? Good question. So in general, those are weekly. And internal for our own team, weekly as well. Mm-hmm. And these are not long meetings, by the way. So a client-facing meeting is usually a little longer. Client-facing meeting, 
we usually have an hour dedicated to them, and it may or may not take the whole hour. Uh, our internal meetings uh, that we do weekly with managers and leadership, like 15-minute stand-up meetings. That's it. So around the room, each person's department, you know, is this green, yellow, red? Uh, is there anything that you need input on? Great. On to the next one. That's it. But it keeps us moving forward. And accelerator number seven, use proven materials and shortcuts. Ah, oh, there is shortcuts. All right. Where's that applause button? All right. Uh, so proven strategies. Uh, number one, if you're not tied in already, get tied in with magnetic marketing because they have swipe files and templates and you should have your own swipe files and templates and you should be saving things that are that look like good ideas. So in my inbox and in my email, I get 8 million promotions just like everyone else. But if I see a good one, I'll put it in another folder and save it just to go back to it. Um, the thing is with strategies, you got to understand why they were being used. So this is difficult for some people. Um, we had a local prospect call in, and I did about a 30-minute call with them just helping them out. They wanted to hire someone. So their product was a die-cast semi-truck. It was a commemorative edition of something or other. And they wanted to do national television to sell this thing. Okay, doesn't mean anything by itself, may or may not work. So we dig in. Price point on the trucks, about, I don't know, 120, 130 bucks. The hard cost is well over half of that uh, without even spending on media or paying the designer and owner back. Um, he was looking at the tactic of TV because he watched an infomercial and he sees similar things being sold. But he didn't understand the strategy. So when you see someone on TV selling one of these commemorative coins or whatever, they're not making money off the damn coin. They're making money off getting a client that's going to buy a lot of stuff mm -hmm. or that they can sell the mailing list to of the people that are buying stuff through infomercials or about one of five other things in addition to that. And that's the only way to make the math work. This guy didn't understand that there's no way in hell he's going to make money just selling this one product on the infomercial with no back end on it. So you got the tactic, doesn't know the why. And, you know, we declined to work with him, but I'm sure there's someone going to take, take his money. Always someone taking the money. Mm -hmm. Also, no silver bullet. So be, be careful with, you know, this is the latest, greatest strategy, good for everything. There's no such thing. All right, tactics. So no tactics before strategies. Hopefully I gave you a good example why. Uh, shiny objects and distractions are all around. Be careful. Uh, tactics are often interchangeable, meaning there's plenty of options for you. But whoever sold you on that idea sold you as that being the solution. Now, this is the one thing that's going to make the difference. You hear that just run run uh there's a decision making process and they're always changing so strategies never change basic human nature never changes and therefore strategies don't tactics changing all the time so you know what social media platform you might be using changes all the time whether or not you get kicked off make it changed all the time <laughs> uh we got a bunch of them so that's your seven accelerators uh if you want slides that go along with this you can email me there is one bonus accelerator, and that's just to hire someone to do the damn thing. So, <laughs> so if this all makes perfect sense, sounds like something that uh, you want some help with and you just want it done, hire someone that knows how. We may be in that camp for your category of business. Happy to talk and see if we are. But we're going to come back next session next week, and we're going to talk about hiring process. So when we decide we're actually going to hire someone, what steps should you take? What should you look out for? And I have a really funny story for you about what happened on our most recent hiring excursion.
Thanks for listening to the Profit 911 podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave your comments. For more information on how Profit 911 Consulting can help grow your service business, visit profit911.biz.